This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cammy here. Well, today's episode is a chat with writer Kamala Pulagandla. Oh boy, we talk about a lot of different stuff, but mostly just this book that I recently found in an extremely fun way that I absolutely loved. Okay, also, do you love me? Well, you should come see me at the Elysian Theater. I have a new show. The next one is tomorrow. If you're listening to this, it's tomorrow. But it's also Tuesday... Uh, December 12th, and then it'll be every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. at the Elysian Theater in Los Angeles in the new year. CameronEsposito.com for tickets. I love you. Also, do you want to support this show? Patreon.com slash HeyQueeros. Please. Listen, babies. Please. We need a little boost. Okay. I love you. have guests on the show introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Kamala Puligandla. I'm a writer. I'm sometimes an editor, um, but mostly I'm a writer. I live in LA and I write mostly fiction, but... When are you an editor? Sometimes I'm an editor for the internet. (laughs) (laughs) What parts of the internet? Um, I used to be an editor at Autostraddle and I have... Yeah, you know, I've edited some stuff for people, just my friends in the world. Like your friends who are going to post internet things? <laughs> well, yeah, like essays, stuff, you know, stuff that's stuff that's pieces of writing. That's Freelance-y, that kind of editing. Freelancy editing. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's a lot less of what I do now, but it used to be Got a it. thing that I did kind of often. My wife is a book editor. That's why I'm asking. Oh, that's really cool. No, I don't. Questions. It is not. It's not a super professional mode for me anymore. Um, I wanted to talk to you because, okay, so I was like walking down the street, leaving my um, acupuncturist and there's a little free library. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. And it was like full of great looking books, but there was one little pink spine that caught my (laughs) eye. And I was like, I wonder what that is. I just felt really called to grab it. And it was your, I it, like literally the universe was like, go get that little book. And it was your novella, You Can Vibe Me on my femme phone. And I read it that night and I loved it. I loved That's it so fantastic. much. Love and to hear I, that. And then I also think, because this is like, I think this is the first edition that was published in 2021 and that it was one of 750 copies. So anyway, I felt extremely lucky. And I also felt like, why did I know to grab that? It was very odd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, understand what happened. But, it is um, very odd. I'm really surprised that you found it in a free library. Like that's, me too. There just aren't that many copies. So I know. Amazing. And especially like those are usually like stocked with like children's books and like political tomes. Like, yeah. Or like, like someone's weird self-help book that they don't need anymore. Exactly. You know, like <laughs> a diet from the past. Yes. Right. But this was, I don't know, for some reason, I, all the other books were cool too. But this one was, I was like, 
and it's so it's so pre- pleasingly small and fits in your the mm-hmm. palm of your hand. Um, but anyway, I immediately read it, and um, I don't even know what like genre I would call this, like speculative fiction, or if it's like almost like sci-fi, but. I don't know. What it, what would you call this? I mean, I think I think I do call it speculative fiction, but that makes it sound like super highbrow in a way that I don't I don't think of it that way. Like I think of it as sort of like a parallel near future universe, you know? Like yeah. it's just like slightly different than right, right. now. Right. Um maybe I and I want to there's like I want to talk a little bit about the plot of the of the novella so that then I can like ask you some questions about the images for writing it so it's it's the you can vibe me on my femme phone when I I was like what could this be first I thought it was like probably very sexual no it's like it's like in a yeah either one year from now or in a exact same universe today but or in or today in a mildly different universe but only in one way there's right. almost like a an iPhone type of object that's released that's a femme phone. And it's like, it communicates, it allows its users. I'm just, I'm just making this up so you can tell me. No, this, this is, is right. great. I love it, hearing your interpretation yeah, of this. It like allows its users an opportunity to participate in like nonviolent communication and uh, gentle communication. And so like, the way that like texts are um, composed or like the way that the phone even communicates with its user. It's like if Siri was trying to get one to be gentler and also <laughs> stay on a, on a more on more sure footing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what do you think the book's about? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I think it's about. Uh, no, that's a really good... It's I, also I very think, queer. It's very queer. I mean, I think there's two ways to like be like, yeah, it's a book about this phone. It's also a book about a group of friends who are using the phone. Yeah. And the, you know, the, everyone has slightly a different use of the phone. I think that's kind of the concept of the phone is that you can kind of help. It, it will help you do whatever it is you want it to do. Um, and I, you know, the idea is in opposition to your our current iPhones which have their own whole agenda that have nothing to do with us and have a lot to do with businesses buying our data and just business in general um so that's sort of how the idea came about but I would say the book is about a group of friends who are trying to like improve themselves or are trying to grow a little bit trying to become you know the better version of themselves and they hope that the phone can help them do that yes 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 and it does yeah, I think it does. I think it's not I it's it's not perfect, but it sure. does help. Sure. So what how did you think of this and then also follow up like why is that a femme phone? <laughs> Great questions. Okay, I thought of this. I really got the idea. I mean, I wrote the majority of this in 2017, so it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And um I was working at in marketing at a tech company Um, and I was becoming aware for the first time of what people do or what like a company would do with a bunch of data that you collect about individual people. What do they do? 
Well, primarily they just want to sell shit to you. Like, that's it. Right. Like, it's not even that exciting. Like, you know, like it could be, I'm sure some people use it super nefariously, but for the most part, no. you're like, oh, this person likes this show and like, we know they have a mortgage and, you know, they typically like to purchase their food at, you know, these stores. And then you're like, okay, well, based on that here, I think they might like this too. And, you know, your company might be like, it might be good for you to advertise to them. That's like kind of how, I mean, this is just in marketing. So like that was kind of how we were using it. Nefarious? Or do you think this is like... Uh, like, like I do think like it's nefarious. Moral, like good, it, moral neutral? neutral? <laughs> it doesn't feel fuck? moral neutral to me. Like I think that, I think like monitoring, tracking people, surveillance in general is rarely moral neutral. Like I just don't <laughs> think that that's possible. You know, like I just... I don't like, know. I mean, I you know what? I There's a part of me that is like, I don't know if it's cynical or just in acceptance of the uh-huh. United States. Like, I feel like it's, I feel like it's like, I understand that like other systems exist and I'm like, I genuinely believe that some of those systems are better. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that we're, it's not like a 4th of July situation, but I do kind of feel like what we are is what we've always been. Well, like, yeah, for sure. You know, and so I feel maybe I'm just like, maybe I just, I think I've found that I'm surprised by how much I don't care about being tracked. I mean, I personally at this point feel similarly where I'm like, oh, so someone knows that, I mean, like someone knows I watch this TV show. Come on, show me some more TV shows I might want to watch. Yeah. Like there's ways in which I actually am like, I will actively participate in this. Yeah. Um, but I, there are other things that I don't know what they're being used for that I don't know that people might know about me. And that's the part that scares me. Right. What do you, what do you think though? Well, I think that it's just, I think it's just like easy then to decide that, you know, like you're gonna, you're gonna, I mean, even things that like about like what your politics are and how yeah. you're going to be treated because of them, you know, right. like, yeah. It's it'd be very easy to go sell those Find to somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get them in. Fine. I mean, like, I almost I was like, that would be actually like maybe beneficial to, to the case. If they if we could all be found? <laughs> no, not if we could all be found, but if we were all like together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I no, that's honestly that is the kind of evil that I do. That is the kind of nefarious that I do think is is scary. Is that like your personal information is available for anyone who wants to use it against you should they choose to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so many of my enemies, though, are people who don't have access to my data. <laughs> like who? Who are your enemies? I don't know. You know what? I used to have like a real enemy in, in stand up in the stand up world, but we are now neutralized. I don't know. Do you have do you have a, I feel like I I feel like I know I have a few enemies. I'm also not even participating in those enemy ships. <laughs> there was one that I used to participate in where I was like, yeah, but today I feel as if I am, again, morally, actually morally neutral toward these enemies. But I know there's a couple people who I really get their goat. I don't know. Have I, you ever had yeah. that experience? Um, I feel positive there are some people who 
are really not into me, but I just don't, I, I don't really care. So I don't, I also haven't really participated. Yeah. It's a one, it's a bit of a one way. <laughs> yeah, it is true though. Like no one has come. Well, I do occasionally get messages, but it's very rare. And it's mostly people who know me personally, actually. What? Are that are saying what? <laughs> what are they saying to you? <laughs> uh what if they've it's more like things like people are upset that we're not friends anymore that's kind of the main oh gist my of god it. or like someone that one is feels tough. sad I don't know you know that one i, I don't that's either really i'm like genuinely rough i don't know yeah yeah okay um what years were you working at autostraddle and also it's okay if you don't want to talk about that but <laughs> no, um, i just have no idea if that's a I, negative experience for you it was, I don't know, it was a mixed experience. I mean, I, I left. I left very quickly because I didn't want to be there anymore. Um, oh. I started there in 2020. It was like, there's a lot of turnover, a lot of turmoil, a lot of hopes for like a new vision for Autostraddle. And at the time I was like, okay, like I'm going to believe in all of this and I'm going to come here and I'm going to, we'll try to do something a little bit different. And I, I found that extremely difficult. And was in that the end, like a focus? Was that a, ch- a shift in, in, um, I haven't, I'm not, I'm not up. I'm not up on my, that you're, you're mentioning a date that's literally three years ago, but I yeah. have no, I think maybe you're talking about sort of like an overall shift in like the, who's being covered? The, the, I think it was a little bit. It was a little bit like they definitely won. They were trying to focus a little less on like white queer culture. That was yeah. some of it. There's part of it where I don't, I mean, I really don't know. Like a, right. to say that auto like struggle was you, like, like for, for like, me, yeah, for me. It, in terms of like what felt odd like, about what felt, Well, what felt, I, I came in and I was like, oh, I have this idea. It's like part of it. I wanted to be a little more like a little less about TV, a little more like arty writing. Um, Cause that's what I'm into. And right. um, I think we had like, in the beginning, we were all like, oh, this sounds great. We like these ideas, whatever. But the practice of it was like, it wasn't like a united group of people. So it was very difficult sure. to do anything really. And I was like, I just, this isn't the place where I'm going to like use like every ounce of energy that I have to turn it into something that I want it to be. I so see. I was like, let me leave this to somebody else who really deeply yeah. wants to do that. Yeah, I see. I mean, you know, I will say like, it is genuinely hard to pivot um, any organization, especially like a media organization. I don't know if that's like the right, I think that's the right terminology. I think it uh, is. Toward, like when it started with like, a certain group of people in charge, a certain focus. I think it's harder than we have wanted to believe in the last few years to then just suddenly like flood in different voices and like expect that a reorg can happen immediately. Like I, you know, I, I feel like I've seen this, uh, with a lot of friends, you know, that got opportunities to like, yeah, be, be I think the that was only the whole... ones or be the ones that are changing the culture of a thing. I know that's also my experience as like a masculine center person, as like a queer person. It's like, it is actually hard to, even if you're like in the door, that doesn't. 
Yeah, the door is like the beginning. I mean, I, I do yeah. think, yes, in 2020, a lot of people hired people of color hoping that like mm-hmm. you just put them in a position of power and things mm-hmm. will fall into place. And like, mm-hmm. obviously, it's much more difficult than that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think I think that there is. I think there I mean, there are a lot of things, honestly, it was just like a pretty disorganized organization. That's that was kind of my main issue with it. It was less that like there was that there was some issue with people not wanting to perform changes and like were happy with the way they have been doing things. Then that was like, you know, that was frustrating in its own right. But there was also just like there were just other structural organizational things that were super difficult and I was like, my relationships with the other people that I'm supposed to be doing this with are not great. And I don't want to, I don't, I don't like to push and force things when they're not working. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I mean, even that is like a symptom of trying to like, in, in like, and I could, it, I've seen it be a symptom of trying to like open an aperture. It's just like, it doesn't necessarily mean that then like everybody like when a just because that particular thing I know is like started by a group of people who know each other, right? One person, mm-hmm. yeah, super close, other. yeah. And then, but that's true. Like for that's true in a lot of the like my wife, for example. Like it got you know she works in publishing. She's mixed race person. I'm not going to speak on her behalf, but just we talk a lot about like the rooms that she finds herself in and then, you know, just being in the room is not. So even like when you're entering a system that already existed, whatever that means, even if it's like, I don't know, I'm, I'm literally spinning my wheels. And <laughs> no, no, myself. here's what I'm going to say. I think you're, I think that you're hitting on something which is totally true. And also like, I can sort of tie this back to my book in the sense Please, that like, for God's sake, <laughs> like, let's get us back to the book. Okay. So, I really feel like there are certain systems that get created when you are somebody in charge that fit you and simply putting somebody else in that position does not make that system work and it doesn't work for them either. So like it didn't work for me and it didn't, it didn't work for like everyone else either. And that is like that idea too is what I was like, Oh, that's what I, I want to bring the idea of like a customizable system to a phone. So the idea that like you would set the things that work for you because everyone has different things that support them or that work for them. And like for Autostraddle, it was just like, I can't, I can't, I don't fit in this like thing. I just can't work in that thing. It's not the right fit for me. That is, that is what I was trying to say. Thank you for saying it with words that made sense in a sequential order. Um, why is the why is it a femme phone? Um, okay, <laughs> that can work I mean, for all different sorts of people. So I I think a lot of the book is like an absurd satire. Like that is uh, kind of what true. I was playing with, you yes. know. So I was trying to think of like what is kind of an absurd, like both from like um like what would what would like a company think is like the correct way to brand a phone like this, right? Even if it were like whatever, like some really well-meaning company. Well, they and, wouldn't come up with fem phone first of all. It'd be like a she phone or something. <laughs> well, like of course, it would be. It'd be like highly offensive at first, then maybe get like you know, like I don't know. Right. Maybe through focus groups, they'd arrive at a place that was like okay. It's still weird, but it's okay. <laughs> Um, no, but I was just thinking of like, I, I, there's something about the aggressiveness and the presumptuousness of a, like 
you know, a regular OS that I was like, what, like, what is the opposite of that? And then I was like, oh, I think it's kind of funny to think of it as a femme phone. Like a responsiveness that like, you know, the society has decided is feminine. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! I feel very... You know, we talk about this a lot in queerness. Um... (sighs) One thing I've realized in the last, like, I don't know, five years of my life is the like internalized misogyny or like toxic masculinity that like I didn't know I carried. Cause I'm like, look at me, you know, like I, that's me to me in the mirror, you know, like it's not, not me to you. Um, I don't think I like, there's like certain stuff that I, even in our, in like queer communities, that I like looked to tropes to sort of fall into like, like because I'm like masculine then like I'm gonna, and it's like the opposite of what straight people talk about. Like, so there's going to be like some strong femme who like carries me through while I like, (laughs) like softly like weep on her shoulder, which I think is, it's like, we're like, we like looked at, you know, straight heteroculture and we were like, the woman's actually in charge. The boy is sad. And then we like brought that into our thing. And there is like a trope of like, you know, like the sort of like lost puppy mask and then the sort of like businesswoman femme or whatever. And <laughs> and like, even though it's like the opposite of the other thing, it still has like a sort of emotional labor thing put on femme folks that is the same you know um, yeah no yeah like bananas. it doesn't right it doesn't change the like the dynamic really it's just like people are carrying different it's just roles. like we're laughing about it and we're like we like are being <laughs> we are, are being, laughing about we're like this. being tongue-in-cheek while we also we're like, like we chose this yeah exactly like yeah I don't know. But yeah, no. My thoughts were just that, like, it was honestly, I thought it was funny. Like, that's what I, that, <laughs> that's what How I do you feel about that today? <laughs> I still like, think I, it's funny. I wanna, yeah, it is funny. <laughs> I think I wanted to broaden this to, like, a larger conversation around okay. um, caretaking. Like, is the opposite mm. of an iPhone in your mind today, like, seven, six years later, is the opposite of an iPhone still a femme phone like or like how do you just there are very few books that even have that word in the title uh there are very few uh spaces where this word even means anything 
I mean, I kind of, I kind of do feel like it, it doesn't mean that much. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that it can mean something in certain, I think in any, like, I think any word could be given power in a certain space and you can all decide collectively that it's important and means something. But no, at the time that I was writing this, I feel like people were using femme to mean woman. They just like felt like they shouldn't say that. And like, I, I liked it. I, I like it in femphone because it is, it's trying to give a gender to something that is ultimately like it's an operating system. Like it, it is sort of ungendered and there is, there's no, like, however you use it, it'll do something different. So it's sort of flexible. Um, so I think there's something about that, that like in my head is still slightly a joke, but also a little bit true. Are people not using the word femme today? Uh, I mean, I don't know. But I think people are, probably. I'm like, I, I don't know. I haven't heard it in a while. Yeah. I think the time I the times I hear it are like when people are t- trying to describe what would y- used to have been called a lesbian bar. <laughs> we, like, don't know what to call it now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, we've, like... Yeah. That that ship is like out to sea, drifting in the waters. Like we have not fully decided as a community what the right words are, and so instead, it's just like usually like an extremely long, <laughs> like it's like two sentences to be like yep. like trans inclusive and like folks that are non-binary and like yes. like there's like a femme focus and like a sapphic vibe and like you might hear the indigo girls in the bathroom and that's what kind of bar it is. <laughs> right. Got it. I think it's hard because I it do, is I mean, hard. It's like hard. Yeah. It's very hard. I mean, when I was at auto shuttle, we were, we were like massive brainstorming questions around what else to say besides lesbian, because lesbian has historically been really exclusive and like, it's, it's a real, it's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah, I don't feel like I know, I don't feel like I have found in my own life, even, you know, I don't feel like I know what to say. Do you know what to say? I mean, I feel like, how do you talk about yourself? Like, or, or I, I don't even know I'm what. A, I would say that I'm a queer woman, but like, I also like lesbian feels fine, but it isn't like my first thing. Cause I feel like it's associated with like, for me, I mean, maybe it's just me, but for me, with like a really particular, like. Nine like nineties culture, like white lesbian culture that I actually like have very little knowledge of, and so like to I'm like I don't mind being a lesbian, like that's not a problem with me. But I do feel like it expects like a certain knowledge of a certain cultural thing that I actually don't have. So like then I that's feel so like funny. it's misleading. Yeah, and then I'm like I don't. There, I mean, You're like, like I've never even seen Bound. <laughs> You're like, that's not a part of my life. Like, this is not. I had to be shown bound. I was shown. I mean, at this point now, I've like, I've collected my education. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's here. I know it. I can But that's not my history. It. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I had to go actively get it. Yeah. I hear you. Well, you know what? I mean, I think I think about it two ways. Because like, I use queer as like my first defining thing. And then also like in community, I mean, I don't. It's like I'm identify as gender fluid, so like I don't I wouldn't even I don't wouldn't even say queer woman. Yeah. But then outside of our community, especially because I do stand up, mm, like sometimes yeah. lesbian is the right word. Because otherwise yeah. people literally don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like and I don't mean I literally don't, I don't mean audiences. My audiences are not confused. 
I'm talking about like other comics or like if I'm trying to sell something. Because mm-hmm. um, the people that are there to see me or literally people that are like at the improv, they actually do kind of know the words that I'm talking about or I can like, you know, have some time to bring them in. But just in terms of like shorthand. Um, yeah. It's like a it's like an interesting one because like we're here we are over here like like fucking playing like a massive game of twister while we like grab at identities and like super deep words like <laughs> what does femme mean to you and like do you use lesbian oh my God. i had to be shown bound like I here's us sh- yes. by the way here's gay men just like drinking <laughs> you know what i mean or drinking or, like getting out. sober you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, here's gay yeah. men they're like doing one of two things right here's us twisting in the wind freaking out and then here's like the other people trying to interpret our community. So you're lesbians, right? Or like, yeah, sort of like just, you know, <laughs> it's hard to answer the question. Yeah, it is. Um, I use like, I use dyke sometimes too, because I, I like that. And I, like I do dyke. feel like I like dyke a lot and I don't feel like it's yeah. as gender essentialist, but I, that doesn't mean that there aren't connotations that are like, I, it's just, it's really, the words don't, I don't know what they mean anymore. And like, we can all choose them and mix them around. And like, yeah. it is confusing. And I tend to just name all, yeah, in a long list, all the people I'm talking about. <laughs> or, and then sometimes I forget. And then like, you have to go back and add it in. Yeah. And like, it is, <laughs> it is a mouthful. Yeah. But I, I appreciate then that at least we're being like specific. But it is yeah. not, it is not brief or concise. And there is a part of me that likes that. Like there is something to me that feels like kind of feminist about like it, like if you want to actually know about my sexuality or my gender Mm -hmm. or like of a group of peoples that I'm with, like it's not going to be like a simple, easy, like you're going to get the information super easily. Like you have to process it. We're, this is also, some of this is also a function of being in a big city and having Mm a, and having a vibrant enough community that, there are enough variations, enough descriptors, and enough like support where we can get in the weeds and be like truly interested in each other. And, you know, much smaller communities regionally, I think, don't have maybe the same opportunity to uh, like get get so specific. Also, like, I mean, I'm just thinking about other things that I do like in a mixed space of people. Like what, like what do you mean? Um, like I might use the word, I might say I, my wife, which is like <laughs> such a <laughs> shortcut. <laughs> right, right, yes. And then, but it's like, that's also depend, that's like putting it, making it dependent on a relationship, which is also fucked, but it is, but people do get the- They get, get the, that, they know what you mean. Yeah, they get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. But I also feel like the thing about that then is then people are like, then then they have gender questions sometimes. But like, then you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, like gender questions uh, for me or, or gender? Well, yeah. I mean, like saying that you have a wife is like, yeah, like it's somewhat helpful, but doesn't clear up like everyone's questions, which I'm not saying like we have to go around. No, that's true. Questions. You're right. It's it definitely doesn't. not. Also, because I also use the word spouse, and then my wife does it. Sometimes calls me sp- wife. Sometimes calls me sp- spouse. Uses she and they pronouns for me. And so, like, good luck to her. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But also people have like no idea what's going on for me. So sometimes it doesn't help if I say wife, then they're like, and you, and what are you though? Like, a- Right. But it also depends on what you're trying to convey. Like, honestly, when yeah. I'm in mixed spaces, I can be perceived however anyone wants. I don't care. Yeah. Like it isn't for them. It really doesn't right. matter to me. Yeah, totally. How's your haircut going in the world right now? Uh, it's, it's been, I think it's okay. I cut it myself, which is, um, it looks great. It, like sometimes it sort turns of like out a great and mohawk. It is like kind of like a mohawk. It's a little grown out right now. Um, and there are times when I do it really well and there are times when I really fuck it up. So <laughs> today I think it looks okay. It looks good. <laughs> yeah. D- yeah. I'm growing my hair out. Yeah, how is that going for you? And why? Like, what's the what was the impetus? Thanks for the question. Um, I completed like a job, a big like TV job, when like in March, and uh, I guess the last episodes then aired over the summer, and so I kept it a little bit while the episodes were airing. And then it just felt like that that character was over and that time frame was over. And the last time when I had a TV show, I cut my hair at the end of that because I, because it kind of felt like, I can't remember if I've even said this on Queer before, so sorry to my listeners if I have, but it kind of felt like the that character now had that hair. Mm. And I felt like I was like letting them have it. You get to have that. Um, and also in the time between that first TV show and like this most recent, um, you know, big, big TV exposure thing. Um, I went like way shorter with my hair, you know, it had been asymmetrical, but then it was like short everywhere. Um, and I think I just felt like done with that. Um, like I really tried out like a pretty intense version of like a, I don't know, like a butch dyke. Like I just felt like I like really wore like a like lots of like Hawaiian shirts and like short <laughs> hair. I mean, I'm serious. Like I went for I was like khakis. I went for it. Boot like work boots. I did it. You know, I did it. And not like like I tr- I tried her out, you know, and I yeah. I liked it for a while too. I was like, this is cool. And then I just don't feel like that anymore. So Yeah. It's so now it's time to for stop. a new yeah, I decided to stop presenting that way. Is it like, do you already have a name? Like, is this the hairstyle you have in mind? Or are you like going for something else? I think else? I'm going to try to grow it like even more. But mm, I want to, okay. I mean, I, I feel like I'm looking for like sort of um, like dude on a romance novel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like a little more like, yeah, I, I can see it. Floaty. Like <laughs> yeah. flowy. Flowy, yeah, you know, broken up, like sort of a hairband, you know. I'm thinking um, of like Fabio, you know, with like that's what I'm wanting yeah, you to okay. think of. Okay, great. <laughs> I like. I went, Glad we got I went, that. Is so I went to an event last night and I wore my hair up, like in a little like thing and on top of my head and like a half up thing and I and it was so pleasing because even that, which I think could look like something else on someone else that my makeup artist was like, oh, you're wearing like a man bun. And I was like, yeah. And you're like, that's exactly what it is. Exactly. It's like, yeah, that is what I'm wearing. 100%. Isn't that cute? 
I I like that. I think, yeah, okay, I can see this. I could see, like, also I could see the man bun being the right thing for this time. (laughs) Is that weird? I don't know what's going on. Like, you know what it might just be? I think I'm, like, not so mad about Donald Trump anymore. I, like... (laughs) In a year from now, that might change. I might be mad again. Yeah. But a lot of things. I was so mad about Donald Trump. I wore Hawaiian shirts exclusively. Like I was going to ask if there was a correlation, right? Like, so like the, yeah. the extreme, the extreme like butch look, which what was your hair like when for this look? Uh, Like, well, some of it was also the pandemic. So I was like cutting it myself. And okay. Yeah. So <laughs> short. I got it. Got it. So okay. short. So short. Um, but you know, sometimes it was like white, like it was like, you know, it was like, um, whose hair did it look like my hair? I'm the most famous person with this hair. No, um, (laughs) I don't know. Like Milo from the movie Atlantis. It doesn't matter. It doesn't like, matter. I don't know what that is, but okay. I, it doesn't matter. I don't know what that, that is was, either, that but people would say that time. all the time. <laughs> so okay. then I had to look it up. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah. I'm just evolving and seeing how it goes. So as a writer, mm-hmm. um, because I love your stuff so much. Great. I, lo- I love else? that you love can you, it. Can you tell me more about, is there, is there, are there stuff that, what else can I read? Um, yeah. I mean, I have, I have published one other novel and it was, it's, it's even earlier in the time of my life, but um, it's called Zigzags. And yes, I saw it's, that. It's a very, mm-hmm. very autobiographical novel. Um, but yeah, that was my first. That was my first book, and I st- I still love it. It's very much like who I was in my late twenties, which was mm. I was like in love with my best friend and like biking around Chicago and like kind of like being messy and getting my heart broken everywhere. When are you biking around Chicago? What year? Um, in like 20, like 2009-ish kind of. Were we biking like past Several summers. Did I Maybe, know you? Yeah. Do you know I was there? Biking I didn't know you were there. Around? Yeah. But that kind of makes, yeah, I'm like, I feel like it was, it was a, it was a big time in Chicago. It was a big time in Chicago. Yeah, it was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jorts? What were you, doing were you there? wearing a lot of jorts? I was absolutely doing okay. Yeah, I was doing stand up, riding a bicycle, and living with my sisters, and being really like a mess, being messy. But I didn't know I that just, at the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I I also didn't know at the time that I think Chicago is a pretty good place to be like extremely messy. I was Maybe like the just most type personal... A person I knew. The okay. most, like, everybody would have been like, oh, Cameron? Cameron's anal. Because Cameron, like, doesn't go to the 5 a.m. bar and, like, has, like, a key to go- goes the apartment home that sometime they You know what I mean? In like, the it's night. like, yeah. Everybody was such a fucking disaster. Everybody's drinking so hard, doing so many drugs, at least in my, in, in the completely bizarre art job that I chose. And so, oh, yeah, okay. you can get your, you can get your brain... Uh, mess up where you think, God, I guess I'm like basically like a member of Congress or like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was, I was pretty messy. I had, I worked like some internet jobs. So I didn't have to ever be anywhere. 
And yeah, the city is littered with 4 a.m., 5 a.m. bars. So that's where that's where I was until they closed. <laughs> oh my god. And then bike on home. Yeah, and then I would bike home. It's not that's not safe. I learned that I mean, later. Yeah, I was like, uh, I had an okay time with it, but there were, you know. It's not, yeah. though. It's not. It's, it's, it's not, not safe. a good idea. No one should do that. It's not safe. So what are you doing now to support yourself? Um, I work at this place called the Feminist Center for Creative Work, which is a like, kind of arts nonprofit in L.A. And actually, the press that printed, you can vibe me like a, you can vibe me like a femme. You can vibe me on my femme phone. Um is part of that organization. Like at the time when they printed it, I didn't work there, but now I do. That's awesome. And it's really cool. I really like, I love my workplace. I love my coworkers. It's what very does, cool. So I actually saw it cause I like called my wife and she was like, who published it? So anyway, already <laughs> knew who published it. Cause okay, everybody's, okay. everybody's a real dork over here. But um, the Women's Center for Creative Work, what, what else do they do? Tell me about that. Um, we mostly place. do a lot of programming. So like kind of our deal is that we get various forms of funding and then we pay artists to do either like exhibitions through our artists in residence program or they do some kind of like cool monthly like one off program um, or they publish a book with us because we, we have a press called Co-Conspirator Press. So that's kind of like we sort of like pick out what we want to focus on for a year. We sort of like try and figure out our funding and then do a lot of things that we offer. So like, I'm like this year we did, I mean, in the pandemic, it was a little weird because it used to be in like a physical space and then we moved everything online. And um, now we're sort of like transitioning back into bringing people into space. So we've done a bunch of things. It was like, we did some, what we called soft skills programs, which were like professional development, like, I taught one on how to write about yourself and how to write a bio. Wow. Um, a friend of mine who's my coworker taught one on like somatic organizing your time, like somatic scheduling. And um, somebody else did a grant writing one. Someone wow. else did one on like how to do like work, like how to be professional, but also values aligned. So mm. a lot of like, you know, very feministy stuff that, we care about a lot. And then some artists, like we just had a really cool artist named Maria Maya, who was in the Made in LA exhibit. She just taught like a workshop um, on how to forage so that you like the plants grow back based on how you cut and pick the plants and then you can weave with them. So there's just like all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. How do you this listening that, do you have, number one, do you have to live in LA? Um, we have stuff online that you can do from anywhere, but we are trying to do like, yeah, it's very LA. Like we like, we like LA artists. We like to gather people in LA. So it's, I would say it's mostly LA, but we're trying to keep our larger audiences engaged online too. And for folks that are looking to see, they want to be, what, how could folks get further in touch with you? Um, they should, they should visit our website at <laughs> fccwla.org. I also write our newsletter, which is like a once a month newsletter. And awesome. that has all the, all the good stuff in it. Awesome. I'm going to, in a minute, I'm going to send you back into your day. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to ask you before I do that for you to shout out a queero 
which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel like you could be who you are today. Would you shout out a queero for me? Yeah. I mean, is this like a personal person or just like anyone? What a great question. I don't have the answer. (laughs) (laughs) A person, place, or thing. Um, I only get to pick one. No, I was. That's not even the rules. Okay. The rules are so. (laughs) The rules are really open. The rules are open. Um, Yeah. I think that I want to shout out uh, my very good friend who did the illustrations in Femphone. Like they're just amazing, and her name is Phoebe Unter. She is an illustrator and also an audio producer, and love her. She's great. Um, someone who made me feel seen when I was younger and actually still now, uh, Michelle T. I really, oh yeah. I've always, I love her books and I recently reread Valencia and I was like, this is not unlike what I write. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I also have it as an audio book. So shout out to that. Ooh, Mm. maybe I should get into that too. I don't know. Other. There's so many people, so many wonderful writers in the world. You did a great job. Yeah. You, you, bases are covered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. It was really nice to talk with you. And thank you for putting this book. Um, you Do you just drive around town and you put books around hoping to catch? Honestly, I should, yours? but I, yeah. I don't. I'm like, normally I just give them to bookstores and they sell them. But this is like a better situation. <laughs> yeah, it is. Awesome. Awesome. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.